0: This is the only podcast that dives deep into post-purchase marketing to help Amazon sellers increase sales, ranking, reviews, and profits. It's everything that happens after the initial sale that makes a difference. We call this the back end. Yes, indeed. Hello, it's Sean Hart here, one of your co-hosts of the Post-Purchase Podcast. Hey, there's my assistant. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you, Moses. And I have a guest with you today. Seth's not going to be joining us. Uh, Seth is on a a family trip and for whatever reason couldn't make it today, but this gentleman that we're going to be speaking to, I think is going to expand your vision, if you will, when it comes to other channels to sell physical products on. So let's go ahead, May, let's bring on Rick Mursky. This is founder and CEO of Ecom Diversify. Rick, welcome to the Post-Purchase Podcast.
1: Hey, Sean. Happy to be here.
0: Well, as, as the name uh, explains, post-purchase, Seth and I are all about what we call the back-end. And I think the, the biggest mistake that we're trying to correct in the industry, Rick, is that a lot of e-commerce sellers are only focusing on that one transaction and then immediately going out looking for fresh meat, new customers. If you don't mind, Rick, would you go ahead and introduce yourself and tell folks a history like why you created Ecom Diversify?
1: Sure. So uh, Ecom Diversify was created because there was a... A particular need that we that we noticed there was people who were who were selling their products and were selling very well on the standard marketplaces. You know, what we call the open marketplaces Amazon, Walmart, eBay, right? And uh, those products we felt had a uh, an ability to sell in other places that people may not have realized that they had the option of selling into. Uh, so we started building connections with companies like Home Depot and Lowe's and Wayfair and uh, Macy's, Kohl's. Uh, what we call the uh, the curated and um, dropship vendor style marketplaces and retailers, uh, and we we've been helping people uh, get their products into those places and sell them uh, on their on their sites. Okay, uh, fair enough. enough. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> so um, in in back in ancient history, uh, Rick, one of the things that I did very well was bring uh, physical products to market and trying to identify trends like ahead of the curve. And it was always a super hassle for us to go through all the EDS program to get set up into the system, like when we were selling Walmart, a home shopping network, we did uh, Bass Bass Pro Shops, Bed Bath & Beyond. And, you know, we're talking 12, 15 years ago when I started doing this. So now that we're in the Amazon game, Amazon makes creating sales, if you will, you know, sales and profits online, super easy by leveling the playing field, but you are a huge proponent of not stopping there. Like we say, don't stop at the first sale. You guys are all about taking an Amazon seller and showing them a a whole uh, plethora, if you will, of platforms that they're missing out on. Is that right?
1: That's right. I mean, think about it like this, right? Amazon is definitely your number one uh, sales channel when it comes to the amount of sales that you can bring in at any given time. But there's also a lot of drawbacks to selling on Amazon, as I'm sure you know uh, there's the the the, uh, the financial impact that can hit you when Amazon decides that they don't want you to sell on their site for whatever reason, even if it's a temporary even if it's a you know a suspension that you can easily get reinstated through, but that small amount of time that you lose that revenue is huge when you're a business owner and you're trying to support an entire business so what we realized was that if we can help people to reduce their their requirement for Amazon revenue, bring their total rev, revenue that's being coming that's coming from Amazon down to about fifty percent of what their total revenue is, then we're helping them weather that storm when when and if it ever comes.
0: So, so Rick, we're not necessarily talking about selling less on Amazon. We're just no. talking about. Having Amazon not be your only source of traffic.
1: Correct. Correct. No, we definitely don't want anyone to stop selling on Amazon. I mean, if I were if I were trying to sell that, you know, there's a bridge for sale also uh, across the street. But <laughs> I've heard of that bridge. <laughs> yes, yeah, it's, it's it's a small one. But anyway, my point is is that you know we're not looking to get anyone off of Amazon. We're not saying that Amazon's not the place that you should be. But we're trying to explain to everyone that Amazon is not the only place you should be. And if you can get more places, and you can get six other channels that Equal out to you know fifty percent of the revenue that's coming in from Amazon. Then when that storm comes, if it does ever come, you have somewhere else that you can bring your sales in. And at at the same time, any one of these channels that we help people to get into has the potential to eventually become the next Amazon.
0: So at the end of the day, Eric, you and I are in the same game. It's all about diversification. I'm a huge proponent of not letting Amazon control your only traffic source because Seth and I with Post Purchase Pro we help sellers build lists of their contacts from Amazon and mm-hmm. then re-engage those customers so that you can control at least a portion of your traffic source. Because really, Eric, there are two, two types of traffic, right? You have paid traffic, paying to use someone else's traffic, whether that's commission or pay to play. And then you have your owned traffic. So when it comes to these other platforms that you're talking about, some of which I didn't even know were possible, <laughs> where, like, you know, where, where's the low hanging fruit for an Amazon seller? Where should I go first when it comes to exploring other platforms?
1: There's no good answer to that. Well, I mean, there's good answers, but the, the, the problem is that there's qualifications that are required to to answer that question properly. So it, it's very category specific. Right. We and that's one of the reasons why people come to us is we can help you identify based on your category. Where is the best place for you to, to, to move to next? Um you know, if you're a if you're a tool seller, if you're a home improvement seller, Home Depot and Lowe's great places. If you're a home decor, same thing. If you're a uh, you know an, an apparel seller, you're not going to go into Home Depot and Lowe's. You're going to go into Macy's or Kohl's, right? So, I can't answer what the low hanging fruit is because these are curated marketplaces. These are curated uh, you know vendor dropship accounts where they need to approve everything that's going to be listed on their site.
0: Okay. Yep, that makes sense. So. Um, basically what you're saying is you guys have the experience across the board with different categories and certain categories are going to work better on other marketplaces, right? So um, what is like a big mistake that you're seeing a lot of e-commerce sellers make when it comes to diversifying onto other platforms, Eric?
1: This is going to sound funny, but the truth is the biggest mistake they make is trying to do it themselves, right? (laughs) Okay. Well, and let me explain. Let me explain, right? When you try and do it yourself, when you don't have the connections that we have, you're basically talking to a, uh, for all intents and purposes, a brick wall, right? Because you don't know who the the, the brand, the retailer doesn't know who you are. You don't know who they are. Why should they even consider bringing your products onto site? But when you come to a company like us where we have the established connections and we're able to engage those uh, merchants on those retailers to help them understand that A, the recommendation is coming from us and they trust us and B the product is good. You have a better chance of getting it.
0: Okay. So what would you say then uh, Rick, when it comes to sellers, because oftentimes a brand owner will be uh, reached out to by one of these uh, reps with the companies. Like I have our brands all the time. People are reaching out saying, Hey, I represent so-and-so you know, bricks and mortar and we're interested in your product. I mean, is that, is that sort of a perilous waters to try to navigate on your own, even if a rep reaches out proactively? Well,
1: who's reaching out to you? Is it an actual merchant from the retailer or is it a third-party rep that wants to bring you similar to what I would do to those, uh, to, to uh, that channel? You know, it all depends on that. That question has to be answered. You know, if it's a, if it's a third-party rep, the first question that you have to ask is how are you going to vet this guy and make sure that he really has the connections that he says he has. But, the most important thing is it's not waters. water. Somebody reaches out to you and says, hey, I'm interested in bringing your products onto our site. There's no harm in talking to them. But will you know the right things to answer them when they ask you the questions? That's the real problem. Right. Okay. Can you answer their questions accurately? Can you answer the questions the way they need to be answered so that they don't just look at you and go, oh, this, this company is a fly <laughs> by night and I don't want to deal with him anymore.
0: So basically, it's kind of, you get one shot to make a first impression. If you don't know how to talk about deal structure, right. inventory placement, distribution, things like that, they're going to look at you as a newbie and That's maybe right. just move on to the next opportunity. Is that what you're saying? Correct. You got it. Okay. So let's talk about um, deal structure and, and pricing because, and I'm just speaking from my own personal experience, which it's been a while. So I think the last retail that we went into was Canadian Tire. Or oh maybe it was fast Pro Shop. <laughs> and getting that the system set up and negotiating, uh, you know, uh, uh, callbacks or what do they call it? Like sell through percentages, mm-hmm. things like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, is that something that uh, ecom diversify? I mean, you do this every day. Is that something that you're comfortable with negotiating on behalf of a seller?
1: Hundred percent, absolutely. Uh, you know, it's it's important also to remember that ecom diversify focuses on the e-commerce channels for these for these retailers, right? We're not okay. talking about the brick and mortar channels. Um, so we're not dealing with shelf space. We're not dealing with uh, um, uh, inventory being held for long periods of time, right? Okay. You're drop shipping for these channels, uh, but what we are dealing with still is knowing what the markup percentages need to be, knowing who works from the you know, from the retail side, and then you have to give them a wholesale side or knowing who you can give your retail price to and what percentage markup you have to be based on commissions. You know, that's all things that we're very comfortable with working with. We're very comfortable with uh, helping you understand it and helping you af- answer the right questions that they
0: ask you. Okay. So it's only e diversify. It's Correct. not, it's not freaking more to diversify. Okay. So, all right. I thought maybe one, one, they play hand in hand, but you're, you're only focused on getting my product onto their online platform.
1: Correct. Correct. And the reason for that is very simple, right? Brick and mortar is a perilous process that when done right can be a huge benefit to any company but when done done wrong it can be a disaster for any company and the the barrier for entry and the chance of selling the same amount that you would sell you know to a brick and mortar uh bulk order right can be had online as well in a in a more steady drip process rather than in a one time
0: purchase okay uh fair enough so i know when it comes to uh, having these conversations with the reps for the, for the other platforms, mm-hmm. there are a few things that sellers should never say because at the end of the day, Rick, some people are just going to go do this themselves. Even in my wow. business, there's a lot of do-it-yourselfers. They take, the, they take the training that we provide and they go out and they create their own email marketing program. That's fine. Yep. You know, that's not my customer. Our target customer are players with money who want to focus on their business and they just want to hire it done. If you mow your mm-hmm. own grass, more power to you, right? My <laughs> yeah. time's more valuable than that. So there are sellers out there that are watching this and listening to this. They're going to say, "Hey, I'm going to go uh, reach out to some of these platforms on my own." What are the the top two or three things that a seller should never say or admit when uh, discussing these types of arrangements?
1: <laughs> uh, well, the first thing I would say is you don't want to tell them that. And it's not that you don't want to tell them this, but it's that if this is the case for your business, it's a non-starter, right? You don't you don't want to say that you have your your distribution happens overseas, right? That's a number one thing. Uh, if your product is stocked only overseas and you're drop shipping from wherever your manufacturer is, you're drop shipping here into the USA. That's going to be a non-starter for every for every one of these companies. All right. um, the next thing that you don't want to say, uh, and this is more about what you just don't want to present, is um, CBD products. Right? That's not something that uh, online retailers or online marketplaces, in in most cases, are looking for. Uh, these are products that they uh, they're trying to keep off site. There's a lot of there's too much regulation and too much uh, uh, too much taint, if you will, that they're trying to avoid. OK. Uh, and then the last thing I would say is, um, you know, saying I don't know is something that is OK to say, but it's kind of how you say I don't know. Right. If <laughs> if a retailer asks you a question and you say, uh, I don't know the answer to that, or you try and kind of like, you know, fudge the answer to make it sound good. That's they're going to see through that right away.
0: OK. So these guys, they're professional. Obviously, they know their business. Oh, yeah. They know the platform. They're talking to sellers day and night so you want to stay away from any answer that makes it look like you're trying to cover up a lack of knowledge or a lack of experience. Exactly. Uh, definitely don't talk about CBD or any like marijuana cannabis-based products yep. and don't let them know if you're purchasing and shipping from overseas. Correct. Even if you are, it's something that you may want to get local distribution for 3PL before you move forward with the contract is that what you It's
1: something it's something you're going to have to have local distribution before you can move forward.
0: Okay. Because these, the platforms are going to feel more vulnerable if you don't have control of, of domestic inventory, right?
1: Correct. They're just not looking for it. If there's no domestic inventory, they don't want to deal with it.
0: Good, solid advice. So when, when you went out there and negotiated your very first deal, um, I mean, assuming you, you've actually sold physical products on Amazon and taken those to other channels, right? Sure. Yep. All right. So what's the one thing you wish you would not have done when you did this on your own the first time?
1: <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, there was a, a particular case. I was very early on, and I didn't really know as much as I do now. Uh, and you know, when you when I first started out, we had this this idea that all these retailers and and marketplaces were looking to you know open that endless aisle experience that Amazon has, right? Uh, and very quickly, we realized that was not the case. Uh, And so the first time that we were pitching to a particular retailer, we mentioned the Endless Isle experience and they kind of looked at us with these big bug eyes and said, (laughs) what are you talking about? I don't know who you think you are, who you think you're dealing with, but this is not right. And uh, that was the end of that. And that could have could have cost us big. Uh, But luckily, that was before I ever opened this business because I didn't really know what I was doing yet. So we're talking uh, good, good, solid years ago.
0: Now you're leveraging the experience, learning from your own <laughs> mistakes. That's pretty nice. So uh, uh, like me, you've earned a little bit of gray hair and lost a few, it looks like, along the way.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, a lot, of, a lot of this is intentional, but, you know. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it's,
0: uh, it, it's funny that we don't know what we don't know until it's too late, right? So um, before I get into a sort of a fun segment where I want to ask a couple of fun questions for you, sure. tell sure. folks how to get a hold of you, the best way to reach you, And if you don't mind, spell out any of the social channels because a lot of our audience is going to be on audio via podcast.
1: Sure. So um, we are – the easiest way to reach us is through my email address, and that's uh, rick at ecomdiversified.com. See, it's right down there. There you go. go. There you go. Mirror cameras. Yeah, mirrored cameras. They they film me off every time. Uh, And uh, you can go to our website, www.ecomdiversified.com. And uh, if you want to find us on social, the best place is LinkedIn. Uh, That's our number one platform right now. Uh, We're posting there all the time, uh, engaging there all the time. Uh, We do have an Instagram and a Facebook as well, but um, LinkedIn is definitely the better place.
0: So answer this for me if you would, Rick. Who is the perfect client for you? I'm watching this. I'm listening to this. I'm thinking to myself, should I engage ecom Diversify? Who are you talking to? Who's your perfect client?
1: So before I answer that, I'm going to say who my... Not perfect client is because this <laughs> is an important one. Okay, the not perfect client is somebody who is doing retail arbitrage or reselling uh, other other national brands on Amazon. Those are companies that don't work for us. Uh, retail arbitrage, totally out. Name brands, national brands. Uh, we deal with brand owners directly. So now let's talk about who the perfect customer is for us. Right. So the perfect client for us is a. A, a, a private label brand owner who's selling on Amazon or on their own website on Shopify uh, or on um, uh, any of the other marketplaces, Walmart or or eBay. Uh, and they're selling in the range of 5 million to 50 million a year. That's what we're looking for.
0: So if I'm 5 to 50 million, I'm not a, a rookie. I didn't just start yesterday. And I own and control the brand. So if you don't own the brand, control the brand, the narrative of the brand, control the distribution, your inventory. If you can't tell people thou shalt not when it comes to selling your product, then you're not a good fit. Brand owner, someone that owns and controls that particular brand. So if you're selling someone else's product, could be branded, but you're selling it on Amazon or some other platform, you're not a good fit. What special offer do you have for listeners and watchers of the Post Purchase Podcast?
1: so if you are uh, if you if you agree to work with us on uh, a total of three platforms, right? Because we have a number of platforms and and I can share a list with uh, with you, Sean, after this call, if you'd like, and you can post it up wherever you'd like. But um, if you agree to work with us on three platforms at one time, uh, we will knock off a thousand dollars from your total deposits due.
0: Wow. So not only do you get entertained and educated, you get to save money. So we're saving a thousand bucks here. Rattle That's off right. your top uh, 10, 12, or 15 uh, platforms, if you don't mind.
1: Ooh, 10, 12, 15. Uh, let's go with Home Depot, Lowe's, uh, Wayfair, uh, Zorro, Tractor Supply, uh, Macy's, Kohl's. Uh, would have said Bed Bath & Beyond, but not for a little <laughs> while. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, Mathis Home, Shop Premium Outlets, uh i'm gonna I'm gonna stop there for now, okay. and we can share a little more uh, down the road if we need.
0: okay. So obviously, uh, like you said earlier, Rick, certain platforms are attracting certain types of products, obviously, um, you know uh, like Lowe's is or I'm sorry, uh, yeah, Lowe's is looking for a different product than Kohl's or something like that. So yep. you have to think about those sort of things. It's super important. If you go out there and approach these guys on your own or get approached from these, Definitely don't admit if this is the case that all your distribution (laughs) is happening in China or some other overseas location um, because you're going to have to have local distribution uh, before you set that up. Don't talk about any cannabis-based products. And be careful the way you say, I don't know, if you don't know the answer (laughs) to the question because you may completely blow out your chance for a deal, right? That's right.
1: Or the simple answer is just come to us and we'll definitely help you with all that.
0: Hey. (laughs) <laughs> if you want to make it easy, just uh, use the easy button, ecom diversify. Right. So, a couple of quick fun questions here. I uh, want sure. to cut business. I always like to pick the brains of entrepreneurs, especially founders and CEOs. What is your all time favorite business book? Ooh, well,
1: I will tell you honestly, uh, it's been a good eight years since I've had the chance to sit down and really read a good book. Um, okay. Yeah, my son, my oldest son was born eight years ago, and that was about the last time I was uh, had the time to read a book. <laughs> Fair enough. Which, um, which book
0: stands out? Uh,
1: but I did read about eight years ago. I forget the title of it, but it was written by the former CEO of Zappos. Uh, and that was an excellent book. Uh, like I said, I can't remember the title of it, um, but it oh, uh, definitely, yeah, definitely uh, stood out to me.
0: Okay, of Zappos. That's the shoe company, right? Yes, shoe retailer. All right. Okay, yeah, so the, one, the one that was—the
1: uh, one that was bought out by Amazon. <laughs>
0: there you go. Uh, fair enough. Yeah. So one—it's—it's it's funny. One of my favorite books, you know, top twenty. You know, definitely not mm-hmm. top three. It's called Shoe Dog, and it was by, uh, you know, uh, Nike, the founder of the Nike. Uh, what was his name? Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, he talked about how he, yeah. he put the whole shoe deal together. So that was pretty cool. So go search for a biography or autobiography by the CEO of Zappos. All right, and then um, last fun question: What's something that you've purchased in the last twelve months that may be considered Ooh. a splurge by some, but it's something you don't regret?
1: Oh yeah, uh, I'm going to. I don't know if this will work, but I'm going to pick up my camera for a second and try
0: and <laughs> show you. What do you have up here? Autographed uh, jersey. Let's, let's see if we
1: can get. Do yeah. Oh yeah, right. look at that! There it is, right there. There you go, Derrick Henry signed oh. jersey. He is. Wow. Uh, he is my favorite. Uh, football player right now from my favorite team the Tennessee Titans yeah he's uh, a beast
0: so we can't be friends then because oh why's that I'm a fan. Oh, right up the street
1: (laughs) no 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 that's okay
0: we've had a a brutal few years since Andrew Luck (laughs) uh, hung up his jersey so yeah Um, you know it's funny I I actually
1: saw I saw something the other day where uh, Peyton Manning was talking about his uh, past and he identified mainly as a Bronco he didn't even mention the Colts and uh, you know I wonder if the reason why is because y'all dropped in like a cold stone when uh, Andrew Luck, the pretty little thing, came out.
0: <laughs> well, that happens, you know. And uh, Andrew Luck had his limelight. But, yeah, we used to fly down to Tennessee from Indianapolis to watch a, a, a game at least, you know, every yeah. couple of years. I, I saw a Monday night game there several years ago. It's a lot of fun. Um, pretty good rivalry, although you guys are dominating for the last few years. But we'll be back hopefully.
1: Uh-huh. This this will be a tough year for us. I uh, I see the uh, the Jaguars having a good year this year.
0: Well, Derrick Henry is definitely a dynamic player and fun to watch. Powerhouse that guy is, and you never Absolutely. know what he's going to do. So, That's a lot right. of fun. All right, any uh, last words of advice before we call it?
1: Uh, no, just uh, you know if if you're if you're looking to expand, we're definitely here to help you. Uh, We're not going to tell you we're the only game in town, but we are definitely one of the best. And uh, contact us and we will do everything we can to get you where you need to go.
0: Rick Mursky, founder and CEO of Ecom Diversify. Reach out to Rick at rick, R-I-C-K, at ecomdiversify.com or check out their website, ecomdiversify.com. Thank you so much, Rick, for being a part of the show today. Looking forward to seeing you guys on a future masterclass. Can't wait. Thanks so much. (laughs) you <laughs>